Thanksgiving is a time for gratitude, but more often than not, we have trouble being thankful in this day and age. Whether we're upset, angry, frustrated, fearful, there are so many emotions going on. So today, we want to talk about what it looks like to be thankful and what we do about it. Well, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. I hope you're doing well. I hope this message finds you well. I hope you celebrated Thanksgiving with grace and enjoyment with your friends and family. I know I did. Um, It was a different Thanksgiving than I've ever had. I I can say that for sure. But it also was one of the best Thanksgivings I've ever had. And I'll tell you why. One of the reasons is we had friends and family over and we enjoyed sharing. We enjoyed giving thanks. We enjoyed a good meal. And then what we did is we got together and we worshiped. We got out our instruments and we sung praises to God. We sung thanksgiving to God. And it was, it just felt so good because it was, I think, in keeping with the nature of what Thanksgiving was supposed to be. It was this place where we were expressing our love of God and our thanks to God. And and there's just something about that. And I've never done that on a Thanksgiving before. I don't know why. It just has never happened before. And it and it and it happened this time. And and we sort of didn't plan it, but we had a lot of musicians around and, and it just turned into this spontaneous worship session and I, I really enjoyed it. Um so anyway, I that for me will definitely become a, a tradition of Thanksgiving. But uh I hope as you celebrate your Thanksgiving and every day that that you give thanks. That's what we're talking about. We're continuing on that theme of Thanksgiving because, because, because people, oh my goodness, have terrible attitudes right now. Let's just be honest. Let's talk about it. I have uh, had personally and to my family, people yell at me, at us over the past several weeks for all sorts of weird and random incidents and yell terrible, terrible things that I won't really tell you about right here, but I'm just saying that People are on edge. People are ready to explode, and it's just a weird environment. And I think part of that is because, as we talked about on our Thanksgiving episode, people don't understand where all of this comes from and and where the evil in the world comes from and where the good things in the world come from and how God controls and provides all things. And so to start in the right place, we have to understand that, and we have to understand Thanksgiving. And and so we're going to look at what Paul has to say about some of this. And we're going to dive into what it takes to be thankful. Well, as I mentioned, we, we tend to fast forward right through this opportunity for Thanksgiving. Sometimes we jump right to Christmas as a church, as believers. Um, but we need to pause on Thanksgiving because it is super important. And because of this bad attitude that I see, we really need to look into this. And I And to some extent, I want to say I get it. Whether there are the issues that you have in your life, money issues, job issues, family struggles, relationships, oh my goodness, right? Because you have expectations for someone and they don't meet those expectations or maybe you don't meet someone else's expectations and and there's hurt and there's pain that comes out of this and, and through this pain, sometimes people act poorly and and that's really sad and and we can get sucked into that circumstance and then we have a bad attitude too and that's not the way we're supposed to live uh, according to to God and according to his will and we want to look at like how how we can move through this and how we can be thankful even in the really hard circumstances so we're going to look at a passage from Paul and in 1 Thessalonians it's if you're in a paper bible it's near the back 
um, or you can look it up online if you have your device. And this is God's will for your life. I know some people ask me, what is God's will? How do I know? Well, this verse is God's will. I can say that with 100% certainty. So this is 1 Thessalonians 5. Paul says, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. This is, hear it, God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Straight out, that's God's will. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. And with everything going on in your life, I know that sometimes it's hard to do that stuff. How can you be thankful? And the first way really is just to change your perspective. Your perspective really affects how you live. How you look at the world affects how you live. Um, so Paul expands this commandment in this verse. You know, Jesus says, love God with all your heart and soul and mind and your strength and love your neighbor as yourself. And and Paul expands this, puts some puts some some meat on these bones and we're able to understand a little bit more of what that means. And he says, always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in every circumstance. And I can say this is easier said than done. How can we possibly do all of these things? I will speak for myself. I don't want to always be joyful. Sometimes I'm sad. Sometimes I'm frustrated. And yet Paul says, always be joyful. And it comes out in our attitude when we're not thankful, we can become really negative and we become really, really just angry. And, and, and that's not how we're supposed to live. So to back into that, Paul says to be thankful, you need to change your attitude. Paul helps us understand this as he writes another letter to the church in Philippi, Philippians 2, 2.14, do everything without grumbling or arguing. 15, so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault. We, maybe you, I know I, like to blame my attitude on something else, on someone else. We blame our attitude on our circumstances or a person. And all that to say, your attitude is your responsibility. No one else is responsible for that. The circumstances may change. The circumstances may be good. The circumstances may be bad. But your attitude is your responsibility. Victor Frankl, prolific writer, he spent much of his time uh, in, confined to Nazi concentration camps, the most terrible place on the face of the earth, and, and wrote a memoir about it, um, which is heartbreaking and hopeful all at the same time. Um, but this is one of the, the things that he said, quote, the last of human freedoms is the ability to choose one's attitude in a given set of circumstances, end quote. I just find that unbelievably hopeful in the light of all the evil, terrible atrocities that he saw and was subjected to. He still could say your attitude is yours and you get to choose how you respond to it, even in the midst of all of that suffering. And I understand that it's hard to control your attitude. Sometimes you need to grieve. Sometimes you need to be sad. And that's not exactly what we're talking about. You know, you know the times that you should have a good attitude and you choose to have a bad attitude. We need to gain this different perspective. And to do that, we need to change our attitude. And to back up even further from that, sometimes to be thankful, to have a good attitude, we need to change our focus. You need to change your focus to something else, something besides your circumstances, something besides your feelings. Because if you change your focus, you will change your feelings. And prayer is a great way to change your focus. That's what Paul says, pray all the time. In verse 17 of this Thessalonians passage, Paul says, never stop praying, pray without ceasing. 
some people are confused by this. Some people can't really understand how do you pray all the time? Obviously, I can't close my eyes while I'm driving and pray. And that's not really what Paul is talking about. That's not the way Paul is talking about it. It's a more comprehensive approach. It's a comprehensive view to who God is and how you orient yourself, how you focus your thoughts and your attention. And it really talks about the relationship you have to Jesus. It's how you relate to Jesus. It's how you speak with him. It's that relationship that you have. Prayer is the way you connect to God. It's how you grow the relationship. So Paul says, Jesus says, in all that you do, orient yourself towards God. And the problem that I run into, the problem that you probably run into is, you forget to do this and you end up being self-centered because you are with yourself all the time. And this becomes selfish because you're with yourself. Prayer reorients you to God and you take God everywhere you go. Prayer turns our attention to God and off of ourselves. The book of Psalms is a great place to find help in this. It's full of sung or spoken prayers to God in pursuit of this closer connection. Many Psalms are praises but a lot of the Psalms are laments. That's, that's a voiced complaint to God when you're basically saying, God, I don't understand this situation. I don't understand what's going on. I can't control what's going on. When will you do something about it? And almost every Psalm that begins with this type of complaint ends with a praise and a thanksgiving to God for who God is and all that he has done in spite of the circumstances. Psalm 73 is a good example of this. Uh, Psalm 73, verse 3, I envied the arrogant when I saw their prosperity. Um, and for instance, they do all these bad things, and I do all the right things, but they're still doing better than I'm doing, right? We probably all have had that feeling. Verse 13, surely in vain I've kept my heart pure, and I've washed my hands in innocence. Verse 14, but all day long I have been afflicted, and every morning brings new punishments. Maybe you're feeling that way. Maybe you're feeling like you're doing all the right things. You're doing everything that you can, and yet it's not going right for you. But then the writer keeps going on and says, verse 16, when I try to understand this, it troubles me deeply, and I entered the sanctuary of God. Verse 23, yet I am always with you, God. You hold me by my right hand. You hold me, I'm sorry, you guide me with your counsel. And afterward, you will take me into glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? On earth, nothing I desire is beside you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. The attention of this writer, and maybe yours, turns to God. When you come into the sanctuary, when you come into the presence of God, the place where God dwells, when you come into contact with the true, holy, living God, you are changed. You finally understand there is more going on than you can see right now. The circumstances you're in don't change at all. Read this psalm. He goes through so much heartache and so much pain, and yet through this, the circumstances don't change. The writer of the psalm can't change anything about their life. They can't change anything about this other person's life who's doing really well in spite of being kind of an evil person. Nothing about their life changes, but the one thing that changes is their relationship to God. The faith that they have changes them and changes it for the better. And, and you get a different perspective and you get a different place, a different view on how life is because in the presence of God, 
your focus changes. Prayer helps us get the focus off of ourselves and see what God is really doing in and around our lives. And if nothing else, it reminds us that in spite of the circumstances, God is still good. God is still for you, not against you. Paul says this to the Philippians in chapter 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer, by petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That is such a huge promise that God wants to fulfill in you through your relationship. Paul says, always be joyful, be gentle to everyone. Remember, the Lord is coming soon, and don't be anxious. As you pray, you will realize that God cares for you, and tell God what you need, because he wants to hear, and then be thankful, and you will experience God's peace, even though you don't understand it. Prayer gets our minds off of this world and onto God's kingdom Whatever we focus on becomes our reality, and we need to focus on the right things. Where you look determines your direction, and prayer helps us look at what is really important in this life. Prayer is so much more than blessing a meal or asking for help in a hard time or requesting stuff in your life. Prayer is the thing that connects you to God himself. When we finally connect to God, we can see there's more going on in this life And especially that there is more than just this life. This new perspective allows us to be joyful in every situation and to be thankful. The biggest thing we have to be thankful is the love God shows us through Jesus. In in Colossians 2, 2-6, Paul says, So just as you received Christ as Lord, continue to live your lives in him rooted in him, built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. And to the Romans, he talks about this gift we have through Jesus. A gift is something to be thankful for. You probably have been thinking about gifts as we move towards our Christmas time. And if you try to earn this, you will not experience the thankfulness. And we all know this. We all know that you're not thankful for what you earn. If you save up or weeks and months and years to buy something, a car, a house. You feel good because you earned it, but you can't really be thankful for it because there's nothing to be thankful for. You did it yourself. But think about this in a different way. One time when my family moved to a new city and we were looking for a house, a church member came and said they have a house for us, a house which, honestly, we could not afford. We met with them, and it felt weird. We clearly, we pulled up and we looked at this house and we clearly could not afford this house. And yet they really wanted us to have this house. And they felt that God had led us in our paths together. So they said, well, what can you afford? And we told them and on the spot, they handed us the keys and said, then this house is yours just like that. And we all cried and we were, and even years later, though we don't even live there anymore, are still so thankful Because there is no way we could earn that house. There is no way we could make it to that place. And yet God, through these very generous and and, um, believing people, gave us his goodness through this moment. And this is what followers of Jesus are supposed to do. 
be God's grace on this earth, be God's blessing on this earth. But even when that doesn't happen, we can still look and be thankful for the things that we have and the things that God does for us. Because the biggest gift is Jesus. He gave us this biggest gift that we can even imagine. We were slated for death. And I hear people say sometimes, just give me what I deserve. Like, I don't want anything else. And I would personally never say that. I know I deserve death. And I'm a fairly good person, but I'm not a perfect person. And unless you're a perfect person, you know, that is, if you have ever made a mistake at all, you're not a perfect person. And Jesus came and completed this through his sacrifice and took his place in death through the cross. We have been offered this gift and it should evoke immense and constant thankfulness because grace, the grace of God, is this gift. So regardless of your circumstances, regardless of your situation, I hope that somehow you can find enough thankfulness in your heart and you can connect with God in a new and deeper way because we need that. This is the way we're supposed to be thankful in all circumstances, regardless of the situation, joyful in everything that we do, praying through all of our life and every moment, because I don't know about you, but I need God in every moment of my life. And whether or not you acknowledge it, you probably do too. And when we put our dependence on God and when we take our dependence off of ourselves, off of the things in our lives, off of the relationships in our lives, and we really put our dependence on God, it frees us up, actually. It frees us up to give him thanks and give him praise. And as Paul says, the promise that we have then is that we are filled with God's love. We are filled with the joy, the grace, the peace that can only come through God. So I hope this Theology Tuesday has been helpful to you. I don't know where you're coming from, but I know that for me and for others that I've talked to, it's been a hard season. And the reality is it may or may not get better anytime soon. But the one thing that we do have for sure is God's love and God's grace and God's gift. And we can respond to that in every situation with thanksgiving. So as I always say and pray for you, God bless you. And I hope that you keep the faith. Thanks again for joining us at Church Public. Check us out at churchpublic.com, iTunes, Spotify, Instagram, Facebook, as long as they'll have us. And as always, keep the faith.